Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL podcast channel. In this episode today, you know, we've actually got a decent amount to talk about for it being the middle of the dead season for Call of Duty, a decent amount of news, a roster announcement, some more MW3 news came out this week, as well as some other news in esports we want to talk about. Uh, and then we're going to kick it off again or wrap it up again with another Mount Rushmore at the end of this one. It's going to be Mount Rushmore of Call of Duty esports moments. Uh, pre-CDL or during CDL can be from any time, so we're going to do that at the end. If you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Drop a five-star review on audio platforms if you're enjoying on there as well. Uh, thank you guys for support on last week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing us do something completely different, talking a little bit of sports, which is something we really don't do here. Kyle and I, way back, did like a, a sports moment of the week, way, way back. So um, something maybe Brock and I could bring back this week as we get into... Um, football and basketball season more of the sports that brock and i watched so hope you guys enjoyed hearing kyle back on and probably the longest episode we've ever done but it was it was a fun one to record um get to talk about something different that we also enjoy so um without further ado let's jump into this one brock how are you doing today oh doing good on this fine fine monday you know work not too bad today surprisingly <laughs> yeah it's but. it's gonna be brutal for you here next wednesday uh when it's 105 degrees, we're setting records. Mm-hmm. Should be, should love it. But yeah, other yeah. than that, not, not like too much news as you said, but there's enough for now. Yeah, I mean, for a what two months into the off season, I would say this is a pretty eventful news day. You know, if this was regular yeah. season, it'd be like nothing. But for two months of the off season, we've got some some decent news, and we're gonna start off on a, a good note, in my opinion, something <clears throat> I'm happy about, um, and that is Minnesota Rocker. Uh, their CEO or whatever, I don't know what his official title, Brett Diamond said uh, that they will not be rebranding for this upcoming season despite the rumored merge with G2. Um, he did decline to comment, uh, decline to comment on a potential rebrand in the future, like looking at like maybe the 24-25 season, you know, um, the whatever the Treyarch title will be in that game if they merge with G2. So the fact that he declined to comment, maybe uh, in my mind at least, has there's certainly a possibility that they could rebrand, but I'm excited they're not rebranding because there are certain brands that it's like, yeah, whatever, if they leave. Mutineers, I'm a little bit sad about because that was a good good branding. I liked it, and they had like a, you know their unique trolly personality on social media and everything. Yep. And uh, Rocker is another brand that has been very well established and have a good fan base, and you feel like they're a good org. I've got some Rocker merch, and I'm glad to see they won't be rebranding, at least, at least not yet, because I do think they are a, a good organization, and I do think they have good branding. I like the logo, I like the colors, everything, and it fits the, the Minnesota vibe. Yep, it it really does, and they also do a lot a lot of uh like watch parties at bars and stuff with the Minnesota Rocker. Yeah, so even if you were G two and you're coming in, I guess I'm sure maybe you want to get your branding in there to you know further your organization. But it also feels like if you're you're buying or you know buying into an organization or buying into a business, you also want to do things that are going to keep it the most successful. And I mm-hmm. feel like G two doesn't really have much weight in the Call of Duty scene. You know, like. When I think Call of Duty, I don't ever think of G2. They're not like a brand synonymous Damn. with Call of Duty. Um, whereas like Rocker, you know, they're not long term synonymous. But in the CDL era, they are one of the most popular orgs, despite, you know, not even having the most success in game. They've had, you know, an event win and been competitive at times, but they definitely haven't been like one of the best teams, but they're still incredibly popular. So um, mm-hmm. if you're if you're buying into a business, I would think you'd want to keep the branding as, you know, done you very well. And like you said, the most important thing is those home activation, those home market activations they've done where 
you said they have those watch parties at bars. They have the events that they threw that we went to, like with that had pretty good turnouts for being in Wisconsin too. Not even in their home state had a yeah. very good turnout. The arena was basically full, so um, you know it would mm-hmm. be very odd to change a successful branding with how hard it is to you know build a, a successful following in Call of Duty if you're not an optic or a phase. Yeah, and uh, to add on to that, um, last year Vanguard when we went to the Minnesota major, their Minnesota was booing optic. Yeah, the fans for Rocker were way louder than they were for Optic, which never happened. I did not expect that, to be honest. Yeah, even though they were playing them, we were like, and at the time, too, Rocker was playing horrendous. Like, remember mm-hmm. going, didn't they go like 0-5 going into that major and online or something? Yeah, they like could not win a map. Because they started in losers, I know that, because then Optic got upset by Florida in winners round one and fell down to losers where they had to play Minnesota. And Minnesota lost, but you're right, like, the fans cheering for Minnesota were way louder than Optic. Yeah, and I definitely did not expect that, even though it was in Minnesota. Yeah, it's it's something you'd never hear. Like, it's just not something that, that happens. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I'm very excited that they won't be rebranding, and I hope they, you know, decide against it in 24, 25, if that's an option. I hope they are able to keep that branding for as long as possible. Um, yep. Moving on to some MW3 news. The beta dates were announced. Uh, it's coming up, you know, about a month and some change away um, for PlayStation. They still get the early access. I think this is the last time PlayStation will have it as the Microsoft deal goes down. Um, but PlayStation has a early access weekend, October 6th to the 10th. And then it's open to all Xbox, PC, PlayStation, whatever, um, the 12th of October to the 16th. So coming up, I'm excited to hop on it. Uh, I know we're going to be able to play some good maps because obviously every map is from MW2. So assuming they're going to probably throw us a, it's not like they're hiding any maps. We know what they all are and what they play. Like, so I'm assuming they're going to throw us like a terminal in there. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling they'll throw like an Afghan, maybe not as like them happen there. And then maybe they'll give us a bone with, I'm hoping high rise. Cause that's my favorite MW2 map. I love high rise. So I'm excited to play the beta excited to see what the maps look like, how they've changed uh, because maybe they're adding doors, which would be unfortunate, but they probably have to get a little bit bigger too with the, the sprint speed and everything, how much faster it is nowadays. Yeah. That would be a, that would be a change for sure. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for it, to be honest. I haven't touched Call of Duty in months at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's we grinded rank during the year, but now at this point, it's kind of like when we play some games, we play Valorant mostly. Um, yeah. Maybe like a random game here or there. But yeah, we haven't touched Call of Duty in a while because the MW2, I mean, and you and I played MW2 like a pretty good amount during the year, rank playing everything. It played a lot. But man, it's it's uh, not, you know, not the best game in the world. Um, but yeah. from all the leaks we've seen from MW3, it's uh, it's probably the the highest hopes that both of us have had for of Call of Duty since like Cold War or Black Ops Four. Yeah, probably the the probably. highest hope we've had. Yeah, so just excited. Hopefully, it all pans out in the end because you know I want to play some good Call of Duties. Yeah, and we know the maps are going to be good, so I'm most excited to see what like the slide canceling and the movement and the time to kill feels like because. Uh, we know like the red dots are back, and we back, and we know the maps are going to be good, which are two key parts. Um, and then the dead silence is back, so all key parts that make a good game. I'm most excited to see how spawns feel, uh, and time to kill and movement. Yeah, because like if I feel fluid with my movement and can slide cancel easy, and I feel like the spawns are at least somewhat normal and not completely random, and then the time to kill is as long as possible, I'll be very excited for the year. Mostly, honestly, even if spawns don't feel that normal. As long as the time to kill feels long, we have time to kill, dead silence, good maps, and red dots. I'll deal with maybe the movement being a little clunky 
uh, and weird spawns if it yeah. means long time to kill. I think that's the most important, to be honest. Yeah, I would definitely want the long time to kill, like Cold War. Yeah, I mean, because even you, somebody who's all about movement, I think you would rather trade off having like this year's movement, but get Cold War time to kill rather than having really good movement, but having the MW2 shotgun time to kill. Yeah, I don't want the shotgun time to kill. <laughs> as much as I like good movement, I'll take the longer time to kill because it just it makes the game more entertaining because you can actually finesse in a gunfight. Whereas like sometimes mm-hmm. in MW2, you shoulder, you're dead. Whereas like in a game like Cold War, you could shoulder to get info and you're not going to die unless somebody has the absolute beamer. <laughs> yeah, or some god internet, one of the yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. Um, then following up on that train, uh, the COD next reveal, not shocking, makes sense with the beta coming out on the 6th is, um, October 5th. So that's like kind of where they, they do like usually have some people there to showcase the game and they'll be talking mm-hmm. about Warzone, which obviously, uh, we are not as interested in, but there'll be a nope. multiplayer <laughs> reveal on the 5th. So excited to see what that looks like. But then right, right away, we get into more of a dive as I'm sure a lot of creators will be hopping on a PlayStation five to, to play the beta that first weekend. I, I can't wait till the exclusivity deal is done because when Microsoft gets it, at least it'll be like PC and Xbox. So like it's a little bit more versatility on what you can plan. I just it's still so dumb that PlayStation gets it early because um, the deal. I mean, for those of you that don't know, Brock and I have both had Xboxes our whole life and have PCs, so we can't play that first weekend. Yeah, unless I buy, go out and buy a PS5. Yeah, for a weekend. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't even really like know many people that have a PS5 that I could even like borrow if they don't play COD because I mean like. All of our close friends have always had an Xbox, so we could all play together. And then, yeah. like a lot of us have PCs as well now. So like, I don't even know how I could borrow one, but I'll I'll just have to wait for that second weekend. I think I might even be going to the the Colts game again the weekend of the sixth or the tenth. So maybe that'll that'll help me feel okay not being able to play COD because I'll be jealous about people streaming it. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll have to wait a little bit longer. Oh well. Yeah. So now that we talked about positive COD news, let's talk about some news that'll make you sad. <laughs> Um, Riot showed the Valorant crowdfunding. I don't know if you saw this, Brock, but um, I did not. It would make you sad as a Call of Duty fan. So, um, crowdfunding is a big thing in a lot of esports. I know I, I shouldn't say I know, but I'm fairly certain for like Dota Two, that's like the big thing. Is everybody always talked about how like Dota Two maybe like isn't like a super popular game. Obviously, it is very popular around the world, but like you don't hear about many people playing it here in America. You hear a lot more about League. Obviously, League of Legends extremely popular. Um, but you always hear about like Dota, how they have like the biggest prize pools. Mm-hmm. Like I've even thought about tuning into Dota and I don't play any of those types of games. I've never played a game of league or anything. I'm sure I would love it, but also I've just never played it for whatever reason. I never really had a PC growing up or anything. Um, but Dota two, the prize pool is like insane. It's just millions and millions and millions of dollars. People win. Um, mm-hmm. like all yeah. the top earning esports players are like Dota players. Cause they just make so much off champs if they win it. Um, so for uh valorant you know obviously champs is this weekend evil genius is one uh, you know a, a well-known cod org um they Me wanted to but um riot apparently showed you know the crowdfunding for val so in 2021 uh for valorant champs it was seven and a half million which you know isn't as big as recent but it's a lot of money uh i believe it's all based on like their um their champs pack they put in so seven and a half mil would equate to 15 mil they actually sold it for because half of it goes to the teams, then half of it Riot gets to keep. So not a bad chunk of change for Riot there either. Seven and a half mil off of skin packs, pretty solid. Yep. Um, and then that seven and a half mil gets divided amongst the teams that made it champs, so a good amount. Um, 
Then in 2022, they had 16 million that was given to the teams. So 32 million total in sales with the 50 50 split. And then this year, they announced that it was $20 million. Uh, so 40 million total in sales. And the 20 million gets split with each of the teams, which was 16 teams, I believe it was. Um, so each team got 1.25 uh, million uh, to split amongst themselves. So just something absolutely insane. Yeah, so 16 teams, they each got 1.25 million, which something as simple as that, where they just throw the skin back at the store, just like Call of Duty does. And I know Call of Duty gets a ton of sales on it because we've seen all yeah. people running around with like the the operators and ranked play and everything. Every game. Get a ton of sales off of it. So something as simple as that, even if Call of Duty didn't get, even if they got 10 mil to split between the, the 12 teams, that's a chunk that would go a long way to helping these teams operate. If they could even get like 12 mil, for yeah. them they each would get a million dollars to help them operate that would be huge for these teams that could i mean a million depending on what they're paying could pay their players salaries for the year for a lot of these teams that they're even if they're paying their players 250k each a million that they could get would pay the players salaries yeah it would definitely it just, help a lot it makes no sense why they don't do it because also like it's not like they're losing out big time on it like there's gonna be certain people that want to help the team so they're gonna buy the skin pack just for that and Let's say you do get 20 million sales on it. Well, Activision, you get $10 million for really not doing a lot because they don't put a lot of effort into these CDL skins. They're so basic. Yeah, so basic, and everyone still buys them because. Yeah. So I don't, I just, I just flat out don't understand. Uh, it has to be, like I saw a lot of people saying, it has to be a legal thing. There's like legal hoops and jumps that they can't get through because it makes no sense. It's, it's so mm-hmm. good for both sides. Helps the league and helps Activision. There's, there's no downside to it. Yeah. I would, yeah. Probably some with legal. Like yeah, I said. It, would, it would help the teams out so much. Like imagine if each team was able to get this money that Valorant teams got, one point two five million. Imagine how much that would help out like thieves the year they lost all that money, how much that would help them to get yeah. that influx of cash into their org. And in turn, also, it technically helps Activision even more because like the teams are getting it, which makes their league that they fund more healthy, mm-hmm. which in turn allows the orgs to spend more money into content or players, which makes the orgs better, makes the league better, and overall that hopefully helps with viewership, which once again funnels more people to Call of Duty to play the game because they are enjoying the product in CDL. So like it just it just makes no sense that they don't do it. Yeah. Easier said than done, I guess, though. Yeah, for that seems to be the, the narrative with Call of Duty now <laughs> and forever. Um Yep. <laughs> Gotta let's talk it. about yeah. Let's talk about the the Miami Heretics. They officially announced their branding is a. Uh, interesting it's a pretty much they ripped it from the miami dolphins uh <laughs> sure the color scheme and like the font and the way it's all laid out they basically ripped that from the dolphins uh i will say i'm happy heretics is in obviously with that huge spanish following but i will say i prefer the mutineers branding easily um mm-hmm. but they announced the roster and everything too lucky metals eric boom journey and vickle with brock's favorite player methods sick as i believe like a coach or gm role okay. he's um, back yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's too, because they just announced the roster as five players and still haven't said anything. They're just acting like it's BO4 and we're, we're playing with five. Yeah. Um, I would assume I, like Eric Boom and Vickle probably on the roster because they're like the two hot up and coming Spanish players. Then I don't know where they go with Lucky Journey Medals, the Heretics boys. I don't know. Where I, they feel go. Like, I feel like Journey is probably a lot because didn't he play? Didn't he run AR or Flex? Honestly, I can't remember. I can't remember who run their Maddoxes in, in BO4, but I do know like what everybody was saying is like a lot of the pictures of them. I remember like Haggy on the flank saying like they're all subs. So I don't really know. I, I wanted to say like Lucky ran a Maddox in BO4, but I could be completely lying. I know Metals in the past has run a sub, 
Yeah. So I'm pretty sure like Metals for sure is one, but I swear Lucky ran a Maddox and BO4, which once again, there's a lot of submachine gun players that ran a Maddox and BO4, mm-hmm. so it could mean nothing. I wonder who was their like their main AR in that game. It was Method Sick. Oh, was it? I thought he was a yeah. sub. No, no, no. He was if I remember right, he ran the ICR for a while. I could be completely wrong, but I I thought he did. I think yeah, I, I don't remember honestly. But yeah, he was dropping terrible numbers with that ICR uh, in BO4. I know he's dropping bad numbers in BO4, but yeah, I'm interested to see what they go with the roster. Um, Mutineers officially gone, which is very sad. I love that branding. I love their their persona on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, this troll, this is so trolly. Yeah, that was that was a thing, and they were great at it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the interesting thing about this uh, announcement, apart from just like the team and branding and everything, is in their video they say to like the players and like the the reveal video or whatever. You'll be competing in Miami in January. Um, so potentially hinting that the season is starting in January, maybe even hinting that there's an event in Miami in January. Mm. Um, Ooh. I wish the season was starting in like December. But once again, with the timing of it, you know, I'm usually all for like, let's let's hound the CDL for doing something. But I will say the game releases like what, like November 10th or something. Yeah. Second Great. week. So, I, yeah, Great. like what I will say is, you instantly go into like Thanksgiving where you want to allow people in America to spend time with their families, you know, at like two weeks after release. And then from there, you could start the season, but you're all instantly like three weeks from Christmas where you're going to mm-hmm. take a break as well. So like you'd instantly like have to have a major coming out of Thanksgiving on like December 8th that weekend. And then you'd instantly probably go on another break for Christmas and New Year's. Whereas yeah. there'd be so many breaks in the beginning of the year where it almost makes sense to just kick it in january and go from there um yeah. it's just tough starting around December. holidays yeah. yeah holidays it's just tough to start at that time so i guess maybe that's the rumor maybe it does mean you know that there's an event in miami they'll be competing there in january uh for the event that would be cool too because we haven't seen a florida event and would be a, a cool destination especially you know in january for people like us that live in wisconsin mm-hmm. florida's a good destination in january oh it sure is when it's, when it's cold here and we're in the negative temperatures, even if it's only 60 to 70 degrees in Florida, let me tell you, any of you that are from the north and the Midwest, Minnesota people, Michigan people, Wisconsin people here, um, you know that even if it's 60 degrees in January, that feels fantastic to you for mm-hmm. the three months of cold you just endured in Wisconsin. Yep. 60 degrees feels like a heat wave. Literally, because it could be negative 20 January. Yeah. Um, so I would love that. We obviously haven't seen a, a Florida event and maybe, you know, Heretics brings an influx of cash because they are a big org and maybe they want to start out with a bang. So I'd love that. I doubt that's what happens, but I'd love it if it did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's stick with. So there's one other thing I wanted to do from a Jacob Hill tweet, but I'm gonna actually move that to our last piece of news. Let's talk more just like COD stuff and roster stuff first. Um, so there was a tweet that came out from, I believe, like the rotation and then Jacob Hale confirmed it or something. But Gwyn and Neptune are apparently a team of two for challengers. And I don't really want to talk so much about them being a team of two. I mostly wanted to mention how it's crazy that Gwyn is is not getting a chance in the CDL. It looks like again after, you know, he was rumored as such a talented player. Maybe he was even going to sub in for Seattle at a point, potentially. Um, One challenge champs. Yeah, he wins Challenger Champs as a very dominant player there. Obviously, Goderex was like the highlighted player, but Gwyn had an incredible event as well. And he still just doesn't get a chance, which is absolutely insane considering he's an SMG player. And, you know, the lack of talent in the SMG department because it's so top heavy right now, Mm -hmm. it's 
insane unless he turned down a couple of the bottom teams he didn't want to go to. It's insane to me that he doesn't get a spot, uh, especially with a guy like Clay sitting out there. We know what Clay likes to do. Um, like if Clay is like the the main AR for LAG, I'd be shocked that he's not trying to pick up Gwyn. Yeah, because you know what Clay likes to do. He likes to find the young talent and try to mold them. And from what, everything we hear, Gwyn is supposed to be such an incredible young SMG. So can't believe some of the the bottom teams aren't picking him up and hoping they can turn him into a superstar. It's it's unbelievable to me. Yeah, hopefully you know challenges for a little bit and get picked up. Yeah, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's that's unreal. But yeah, just more of other rosters. More reason to more reason to add uh expansion teams. Yeah, but I mean, you're preaching <laughs> the choir here. I wish they yep. would add four teams <laughs> and have a nice sixteen team league like Bo Four. Oh, um, would die for that. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of on the wave of rosters. Uh, there was another tweet that was proposed in the timeline. Um, from I believe it was Jacob Hale again that said. Who do you think could be a surprise standout this season as a player? And then a second part of it we'll get to in, in a minute. But um, who do you think could be a, a surprise standout on one of these teams? So obviously, like somebody on Optic doesn't really count uh, on Phase, New York, um, those teams, Toronto. Like no surprise standout really matters because like we expect those teams to be mm-hmm. excellent like, yeah. competing for championships. But like. Maybe on some of the other teams, on at least like the rumored roster, who do you expect to be like a surprise standout? I have one guy in mind that I'm kind of thinking of. Um, I have one as well. Who are you thinking? He, you know, he's on a bad team last year, but he did play good for the most part, even though his team sucked. Yeah. Uh, Joe Deceives. That's who I had in mind as well. Yep. It's just, you know, with that the team that he's rumored to go to, in LAT. Yeah. I don't... They're a good organization. Just such a good coaching staff around him with Shane and um, and Cap and potentially the players that are going to be around him. Some nice veterans with Cammy. Um, even, you know, a player like a, like an Abuza or a Ghosty. You're not Abuza, I'm sorry. Ghosty. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a player with good comps to bring to him over there on LA Thieves. I feel like he's got a lot of talent. I think he could be a potential standout that people aren't expecting. Because from what we've seen, we seem to be like the only two fans of Joe Steves. Yeah, for now it seems like. Yeah, I, I think he could have an incredible season. Just ever since that Madison major thing that we went to, and he started cooking. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, I was trying to think of other players. Like I was thinking of Boston and... To me, I don't know if it's as much of a surprise because we expect that team to be good, but I think like when people are looking at that team, they're expecting like Snoopy to be like the guy. Mm-hmm. I still I've been on this, I've been, you know, beating the drum for this guy all, all offseason, but I think Capsital could be another surprise standout. Like I really think highly, and I've thought highly of him since the second I watched him in Vanguard. Yeah. And I was like dumbfounded when they benched him and everything, and I've basically been, you know. A big fan of his since I first saw his gameplay because when I see him, I see a, a submachine gun that has a very high ceiling, which is something that I would love to. If I was a GM, I would always be focusing my team around finding high ceiling SMGs. I think he has a ceiling that not a lot of SMGs can hit. So I think he could be a standout player, and I would consider a surprise because I feel like a lot of people expect you know the two veterans to be studs for that team and Snoopy to become a superstar, and I think they expect Capsule to kind of be like a gap filler for them, where I think he could be a superstar for them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. Any other players you got in mind? Um, maybe not surprise stand up, but who could return to form? Yeah, I would put Kenny. Yep. And in, in yeah. his in his in his role that he wants, like the freelance role, mm-hmm. free role, gap filling for those the superstars around him. Yep. That's what um, I think. I feel like his return to form is going to be more from people that know COD are going to realize yeah. he's returned to form because I don't think he's going to have huge stats this year. It's just it's going to be hard. Not a lot of kills to go around when you got Shotzi and Pred in front of you and Dashi in the back line. Yeah. I, I, I think I, like he might be dropping point nine five or something, but you'll you'll see it in the gameplay how impactful he's being. Yeah. I just feel like like last year in MW two he would always like he would always like kind of choke or he clutch almost clutch the one v two one v threes like yeah. or or choke it a little bit. I th- I think this year he'll get back to his clutching ways like in Vanguard. Yeah. He's definitely a good candidate. That was the second part of our question: who's who could return to form? He's a good candidate. I feel like there's a a lot of guys on the Seattle rumored roster. Like you could say, Arsides could return to form. I could see Illy. Um, if he's healthy, could return to form, but also I don't know that I love that roster, so I could also see it imploding and they don't return. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I don't know. I you can't really say like any of the guys on Boston because like obviously Priesta, you know, he won three events of champs last year. He's all he's in form. Uh, Slasher really overall had a pretty good year. Yeah, so it's hard to say he could return to form. You know, Big Wake, I I don't hate the Minnesota Rocker rumor as much as like so many people do. Um, so. I guess like you could say him, but like individual wise, he's had a lot of good years in a row. Yeah. So it, it's hard to say because like his form, there's no like amazing form for him to return to. I guess like two players that aren't currently on like Ruben Rosses that I could see is like Attach and Clay. Mm-hmm. Like if Attach gets the right team, I could see him, you know, returning to his, his top tier form. Same with Clay. He didn't have the best year on LAN, which I didn't realize, but I was listening to him on the exclusive podcast with, um, I believe his name is Ace, so you know, Lamar's boy, his cousin. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And Clay was like, yeah, I, I had bad stats on land last year. It was unacceptable. I had like a point eight something. But also, like, in their land matches, we know Legion didn't play a ton of land matches because they were getting eliminated, like, top eight, top six. I believe he said they played New York three times and phase three times on land. Ooh. So, like, I mean, they probably only had, like, 12 land matches last year, and half of them they were playing New York and phase, which is very tough. Yeah. Obviously, very you got to beat who's ever in front of you, but that that doesn't help. Yeah, two best teams. Yeah, so that's very rough, but I, I could see like if they get the right team, those guys returning to form. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of Cold Cami. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you third, know that's, third year in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's our joke. Cold War Cami coming back, eighteenth year in a row, still waiting for it to to show up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's like a couple like random. Maybe maybe somebody like Afro if that Thieves team works out. Maybe he could return to like the form that we saw like in Vanguard where we thought he was pretty good and London was, you know, like a top four team early, early, early on in the year mm-hmm. at that first event. Yeah. Maybe somebody like him. Um, all right. That's all for like roster type news though. The last thing we've got before we do our Mount Rushmore and, you know, wrap this one up is, um, Jacob Hale posted a tweet about ordering the black ops game from your favorite to least favorite. So, um, I'll just run down mine pretty quick. And this is mostly, I'm not factoring in the outside stuff. It's mostly just multiplayer and focusing on competitive because that's what we do here in this podcast, obviously, uh, obviously is talk competitive. So not focusing on like zombies and everything like that because oh, yeah. that would definitely sway my answer even more to what I'm going to say as first place. But um, mostly focusing on competitive here. 
I'm gonna put Black Ops Three first. Everybody always knows it's like my favorite COD. I, I as time goes on, I really want to put Black Ops Four higher and maybe put it into first. But I will say, like when I think back to the time of playing the game in its time, I feel like I did enjoy Black Ops Three a little bit more. I like the maps a little more. The guns were incredible, although the guns were also incredible in Black Ops Four. But I think the maps give me a little edge for Black Ops Three. I put that one. I put Black Ops Four as two. Um, because once again, it, it's almost creeping to my one. Black Ops Two is three for me. Which once again, if we were objectively saying what the the best Call of Duty just X's and O's, maps, spawns, everything, I think Black Ops Two is probably objectively the best Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in terms of like probably. what I had fun playing with, my favorite, I go Black Ops One or Black Ops Three as number one. Black Ops Four as number two. Bo Two as number three. Just because, also, I was a hell of a lot better at Black Ops Three and Black Ops Four because I had played so much more COD. In the time of Black Ops 2, I was pretty new to COD. I wasn't really very good, which with anything you do, like if you're an amazing basketball player, but you suck at baseball, you're probably going to have a lot more fun with basketball because you're good at it. Yeah, um, I'll say my number four is going to be Black Ops 1, although I think competitively Cold War is a lot better. And I said we were mostly going off competitive. Black Ops 1 holds a special place in my heart because it was like when I really transitioned from Halo to COD. So like mm-hmm. just playing pubs in that game has like a special place in my heart, even though I know it's really not the best game. Um, but I'm putting Black Ops 3 in fourth and then Cold War in fifth, which Cold War is still an excellent game. But Black Ops 1 just holds like a nostalgic special place in my heart for me. Yeah. Man, this is kind of... I don't know. This is tough. It's five good games. It's tough. I know. All right. Even though I had a lot of fun on Black Ops 3... I'm going Black Ops 4 first. Yep. For the competitive side. Pubs, it all. Just everything. And we were so dominant at that game. Yeah. And hard. Uh, it's really close. Black, Black Ops 3 is definitely number two, though. I think I grind that game a lot more, pubs-wise. Hey, there was... We never even talked about this in the podcast since, like, you joined or anything, but there was, like, a point really early in Black Ops 4 when we were in college where we wanted to like travel to an event and just play challenges for fun once on Black Ops 4 because that's how good we felt in that game. Mm -hmm. I don't think we would have went like crazy far, but we believed at that point when we were like grinding that game early on, like we were, like that we thought we could have maybe won since it was like 200 something teams. We thought, you know, we could maybe win a round or two. Yeah, definitely. That's how much we had a chance. Yeah. Man, just... Good times, good times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but Black Ops Three is number two since I played. I think I more I played more of that more of that than Black Ops Four. Yeah, still good overall. Even though I got the game late. <laughs> and then number three, I will put Black Ops Two. I played a lot of pubs, but not as much as a competitive side. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna go Cold War. I thought you would put Cold War Four. Yeah. Good old Cold War, pretty solid. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, didn't mind the game. I just, you know, didn't have the best year. I would say for my personal standards. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was struggling. And then Black Ops One is fifth because I didn't really play that game all too much. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like Black Ops One would be fifth on a lot of people's list. I feel like everybody's list would have, or most people's list at least would have Black Ops One or Cold War at four and five. Mm-hmm. The other three I, are so. Some people might have Black Ops Four low. I feel like, or maybe weird jetpack haters might have Bo Three low. Yeah, 
I just remember playing Black Ops One like more like more zombies with my brother than actual multiplayer. Yeah, and zombies was incredible in the game if we were including zombies that might move it up. Yeah. Um, definitely. But like I will say one thing, this just proves how much of uh easily, how easily and not even close, there's no argument. I won't even listen to somebody that argues this, you know. Well, person that likes to listen to everyone's opinion on almost anything, but I won't even argue with you on COD developers. Treyarch is so far and away the best COD developer. Um, when we're making a list of five Call of Duties made by Treyarch and the last place is a Black Ops 1 or a Cold War, I mean, Black Ops 1 and Cold War is, both those games are better than anything Infinity Ward's put out since like MW3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like MW3, you can make an argument, is better than like a Cold War and a Black Ops 1, but since then, all the titles like Black Ops 1 and Cold War are damn near better than anything either of the other studios has put out. You know, AW pretty good and all that, but like in general, those those games have or those developers have some some games at the bottom of their list that are legitimately bad. Whereas like Black Ops 1 and Cold War, they're at the bottom of our list, but they're not bad games. I'd yeah. I'd take if we could get a Cold War caliber game every year, I'd take that. Just because we won't have these crazy downs where you have the MW2s of the world. Yeah. True. Like, I would take a Cold War caliber game every year. Yeah. Or maybe two any day of the week. Yeah. Uh, last thing to do with today. Let's do a, another Mount Rushmore. We've been jumping on these on the Pardon My Take train, how they do their Mount Rushmores. Um, we're going to do a COD Mount Rushmore again, keeping it themed. Maybe if we start to run out of COD-themed Mount Rushmores, we might do some random ones uh, that don't even involve COD. But today, we're going to do the Mount Rushmore of Call of Duty esports moments. So, random tournament moments uh these are not to be like what you believe are like the best moments ever like objectively but they're kind of like your favorites so like random yeah. things that happened in a tournament it could technically be like a league match or something but like random moments that happened in in tournaments that you just absolutely loved or even if you hated them or something you think they're all-time classic call of duty moments that like history of cod can't be written without um yep. so let's do that i think you got the first pick in the last one, so maybe I'll take first pick on this one. Yep. And it's going to kill a lot of listeners that are hearing this, but I think it you can't write the history of COD without this moment. Um, I'm going Black Ops 3 champs, assault, killing, formal, in the 1v1 um, on Stronghold on that bomb site, jumps over, formal, mm-hmm. almost gets the ace round 11 to advance optic into the top six. Um he, however, dies, they fall top eight, and, you know, the rest is history. They almost break up, but they do come back, and I, I feel like what makes this moment even better is the fact that they win champs the next year, and Formal goes so insane, kind of how things ended for him really poorly in Black Ops 3, and, you know, he had a chance to have this incredible, like, if Formal gets that kill, that's one of the all-time COD highlights. Yeah. Loser's bracket, game five, champs. Uh, you get an ace in round 11 to to send your team on against your biggest rival aches. Like that's one of the all time moments he doesn't. And it makes it more legendary that they go on and win the next year. And he wins MVP and is crowned like the best player unanimously. So I think you can't write COD history without that incredible moment, because it's also not only from the optic side, but it plays so incredibly into the ache side of things. Like that moment is you know, without that moment. Maybe aches doesn't win champs in world war two, because that kind of helped revitalize him. Like, he had won an event in AW, but was struggling in Black Ops 3 and, you know, ended up struggling in IW. But maybe this moment of beating Optic and taking out Krim again at Champs mm-hmm. kind of kept him fueled and kept his, you know, mind games over Krim, which played out a little bit in World War II. So I, I think uh, it's an all-time great moment that you can't write the history of Call of Duty without. Yeah. 
That is a good one. <clears throat> yeah. Man. All right, the first one that comes off top of my head is the skump clip on Yemen. Yeah. Where he gets, like, the two-piece in the hill, breaks the hill, and then Nate goes, good job, boys, get the hill <laughs> to skump, and he goes, who's the best in the game? <laughs> yeah, all-time moment. That's an all-time moment. That's the first one I thought of. Thought of. Yeah, I mean, you're talking people that don't even really watch competitive know that moment. A lot of them that yeah. were just, like, skump pub-stomping fans know that, that moment. Mm-hmm. That's a good moment yeah that is a definitely an all-time call duty moment even like if it's not one of your favorites everybody knows it. that's one of the most popular moments for sure yeah um all right my number two i'm gonna go with a, a moment that i was there for because i also think it's one of the most incredible series in cod history if you haven't watched it i always recommend whenever we talk about it go back and watch this series um it's 100 reverse sweep over phase at black ops four champs and losers mm-hmm. round one that just entire series, I mean, FaZe was dominating them. They were up 2-0 in the series and 2-0 on the control. 100T went into the weekend as um, probably the second favorite team. United was probably the favorite going into the weekend since they had won the last event, but 100T was definitely the second favorite team going in, and they were down to you know a FaZe team that was good, but definitely not favored to beat 100T. Um, they were down 2-0 and 2-0 in the control as well, and way down on lives. Priesta gets insane clutch with a shot punch. Um, and, you know, obviously the rest is history from there. 100 Thieves pull off a crazy reverse sweep and go all the way uh, to the finals and losing the game five and the first best five to the United. But that series, probably still my favorite moment I've ever been to on LAN. Man, that's um, so crazy. Yeah, it was insane in the venue. And I feel like me saying this moment might spark something in you that you want to pick, but we'll see. Ooh, maybe. All right, for me, my number two is Vanguard, LAG's loser yep. racket run. That's what I thought you were going to take after I took my favorite land moment. The whole, the whole thing. Just, Spark pulls out the Volk, well, like second game, introduces a new weapon meta, and it goes crazy from there the whole weekend. And top it off, wins, in, wins MVP, I believe. Yeah, he won MVP on that one, yeah. Yeah, just revitalize his career there Insane. yeah and then obviously it crashes a little bit after that but that moment in that event it's still probably the one of the craziest event winners up there with like eg at world mm-hmm. war ii champs yeah um and they were there about a loose to mutineers but they were only five three in that search yeah five three big, big old dave patty was trying us all yeah and i hope it. we i hope you and i and whoever we go with have plenty more cod events i'd like to go to them forever but I still don't know if that's ever going to be topped for crazier moments. I don't know if we'll ever see a crazier tournament than that. It was a great, very good tournament and first tournament for me. Yeah. Like and, even like the rest of the teams, like Boston was in winners finals with that Zinni team. And like Florida was up five, three on uh, LAG with a chance to make it to losers finals or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it was just weird teams. It's a crazy tournament. Yeah. Good turn overall. Yeah. Um, shoot, that's a good pick. Um, so the next one I want to go with, I feel like, is one that you'll probably take next if I don't take it because it's a very good one. I was thinking about the Scump Classic three-piece because that's like the first moment I can remember of watching competitive that I was like, whoa, it was like 
story I've always told of like when I was homesick from school and randomly like it got recommended to me on YouTube of like Call of Duty Championships. I had no idea what it was. I remember mm-hmm. like watching the optic match and seeing that and I'm like, like I, I suck. So like watching him pop three piece like that, I was like, how did he even do that? Um, I'm not going to take that one right away though because I really want this moment even though I don't think you'll take it. I just want it on my list because it was insane at the time. Um, and I want to take a, a CDL era thing as well since, you know, we talk CDL in here. Uh, yep. I'm taking Seattle Surge over Atlanta phase in Cold War Major 4 as one of my favorite moments. Uh, everybody knows I'm a big classic fan, and he popped off that series. That's where like, the classic being the phase Reaper thing mm-hmm. came about, and that series was insane. Like Seattle was like the worst team all year in Cold War, and um, phase obviously was one of the most dominant teams of all time in Cold War, and then Surge just randomly eliminate them top eight on land when they're already eliminated from champs, have nothing to play for besides pride and a little bit of cash money. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And they just take out FaZe, like the most dominant team we've ever seen on land to knock them out top eight in a game five. That was insane. Yep. Jeez. Yeah, it was. Man. Um. All right, my next one is Black Ops 4. Simp, three piece with the sniper. Yeah, against good the one. units team. This uh, whoever was commentary on that commentary on that was just perfect. That yeah, that one. was. So it was oh. a Benton. No, I think it was Momo. Momo, I think so. Wait, no. no, 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 no. I for whatever reason, I'm Momo was. I don't know why, but in my head, the audio I was playing was the dashy five piece. That was Momo. Um, the simp one's Miles. Oh, okay. Yeah, Miles. I don't know why I was. Th- I was thinking of the dashy clip in my head where like he's screaming dashy's name when he's in the corner mm-hmm. on seaside. Yeah. Like that one's that one's Momo. This one is definitely Miles. That was during the simp clip. Yeah, that was simp's year in Blackest Four, just dominate like that. What that clip like? I was there in person for that, but I actually. Don't believe I was at the stage at that point. I remember Bryce and I saw it was units versus E United, and obviously, if you remember either of those teams. E United was completely just a huge mismatch for units. Like they basically stood no chance. Um, and there was like two stations, and I believe like E six was playing somebody on the other side that was like a really good match. So we walked around to go to the other side where you can only see one stage, and like. I swear it was like 10 minutes later. It's probably more obviously, but it was like 10 minutes later. We heard the screams like, let's walk back. And it was like already halfway through the control. And I swear we were gone for like 10 minutes. <laughs> they were just rolling them. So yeah, that was, that was an insane moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, shoot. I don't know where to go with my last pick. Cause I, the scump three piece is like one of my first memories of competitive cod. So like that's, that's one of them. The, the BO two champs one. Um, yeah on aftermath but one that i feel like i don't want to go like all optic moments and stuff even though like a lot of them are the most memorable because they're you know there's so much following and videos that go with them but optic van came to mind as well but i'm gonna say complexity ending for rico's run um i believe i was gonna say anaheim but i can't remember the exact event it was at but for getting their run ended by complexity where like it was the one time complexity ever had the crowd going crazy for them because, like, at the time, they weren't, like, some dominant team because they hadn't really won yet. But Fariko was, like, the villains. They were trash talkers. They were dominant. And, like, the whole crowd was going for Aches and Clayster, like, players that, uh, and Krim, mm-hmm. players that are, like, historically hated. Like, whenever they play, they would get booed. Now, obviously, people have 
come around to Clay because he's been around for so long. But for a while there, that complexity team was just booed. But it's like the one time people loved them and were cheering for them because they were beating the villains. And that also turns into one of the greatest storylines of all time because from there, obviously, Krim goes on to have an insane career after getting one of his first wins or his his first win potentially. And Clay goes on to have an amazing career. Aches, Teepee. Um, it's like where a lot of the all-time greats and the villains of the scene for a while were born. So, yeah, that, that's an all-time great moment in COD history that you can't really write. Once again, can't write the history books without that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, my last one is. I think here. Not I want to. OK, I remember. I remember. It was uh, Black Ops 3. Was it half? Half time, I believe. Uh, optic first was it rise? Mm, yeah, weren't, yeah, they, uh, weren't they down like 12 0 in uh, down breach? Yeah, breach uplink and they stormed yeah. back and won like 13 12 at the end. They like budget beatered it. Yeah, Ooh, that reminds me of a different moment that I didn't even think of. That was a pretty insane moment. They just kept yeah. running back formal, silly killing everything. Karma picking up the ball, throwing it to but cream and they yeah. just dunking it. Yeah, that. You're not wrong. That is a great moment. That reminds me of the NVIW champs that everybody knows. That's like the video you need to show a team for teamwork. And they were down like something like that, like 10 nothing at halftime against United at champs. Oh, yeah. And they do like a five minute listen in with them. Mm-hmm. And they just come back and like it's like a clinic. It's like Slasher and JCap calming everything. Apathy and John are like silent, but they're just killing everything. Um, and they have like the most insane comeback, like the longest listening ever, where they're just like, hold up. Like we're we're seeing something historic here and they're just listening with them for like the entire round. Yeah. That is one that we left out that'd be uh, an amazing moment. Yep. That is a good moment. Another one that came off to mind, I don't know if it's like a, a great moment, was the formal like block the uplink throw. Yeah, and the, that wasn't the final map of the finals, I think. Yeah. That was yeah, that was an incredible moment. It was like silent and courage just like screamed. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a good one. Yeah, that was insane. One of the other ones I had um, on like my list of ones that I was brainstorming was the rocker comeback on Ultra and Cold War. Oh yeah, that's obviously one of them. You know, the only four zero reverse sweep you've ever seen. We've seen a lot of two zero reverse sweeps and even a few three zeros to win a series four three. But that was the first one I can ever remember of team being up four zero and losing. So that was an incredible moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any any other ones. There's obviously like the Scump that we talked about a few times, the Scump um, three-piece. A couple other ones that I had down is like ones I potentially was thinking about was Clay ending his drought at Black Ops 4 playoffs um, where he had gone like four years without winning. It had been since like AW. And then he got his first win and turned that into a, a back-to-back by winning champs. That was one of mine. Um, Aches winning ring number two. In a like completely impossible fashion in World War II, where they were one map away from getting eliminated dead last in pools. Oh, that's right, yeah. And they end up 3 0 Optic, and obviously from there, the rest is history. They make the run all the way through winners without dropping a series, um, except the first B- uh, BO5 in finals um, mm-hmm. and winning champs. And obviously, that like that changed the history books of COD as well, because like without that, Aches had only won a ring in Ghosts and really hadn't won many events. Since, like, he won a lot and uh, BO2 won his ring and a lot of events in Ghosts, won an event in AW. But then from there, it's like his career would have really only been winning in, you know, like BO2 and Ghosts and like won an AW. 
then obviously he solidifies a little more by getting a second ring um, in World War II. So that, that changed the history books a lot too and puts some more of a, a legendary status on Aix's name. Yeah, definitely. That's a, I'm, I just, I'm sure there's a bunch more that I'm just forgetting right now. Oh, yeah. And there's some OGs out there that are thinking, how did you not mention these COD 4 moments? So there's so many we don't even know about, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, from yeah. before and many more to come. But it was hard to do like CDL era stuff just because like, there aren't as many like runs in tournaments. Like even like a team like New York won an event from like losers round one, or like teams have won from losers round one. But like the the one that you talked about, like the LAG Spart one, but that's a different situation because of a substitute being in. Yeah. Like winning an event like from losers round one just isn't as impressive anymore. Where like when Hundred Thieves did it in Black Ops Four Champs, the gauntlet of teams they played in losers and how much longer the run was, like that's an insane run to make it all the way to finals. Really, like now it's like. Even if you drop to losers, like you only have to win like a match or two a day. Yeah. Still very hard, obviously, to win four straight matches or whatever to make it to finals, but like you only have to win a match or two a day. Where back then in the 32 team bracket, like if you fall down to losers, you're winning two to three matches a day to grind your way back to finals. Yeah, you're playing all day sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like we had to take four hour breaks and you play in morning and night. So yeah, that was. Yeah. Those losers runs are crazy. Like the the slasher loser runs back in the day when Rise did it at Seattle in World War II, where they beat Aches in the finals and his new EG team. Yep, they went from losers round one all the way to the finals. So crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Honestly, the, one of the craziest moments could have been that Aches and EG three zero on Optic on LAN mm-hmm. at Champs, where they eliminate Optic and dead last something we like hadn't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen like ever. Yeah. Um, I got. Nothing else though. If you're ready to, to wrap it up, um, I was thinking of one more, but I don't like vividly remember it. Is it, it was the Facento against like Clutch one v three Clutch one v four Clutch on what was that? AW? No, uh, Black Ops three. Black Ops three. I forget. I, I just forget what what it was though. I know what you're talking about. Where they yeah. like they're like they go like in the listen. They're like screaming at him. They're like, oh my god, Bryce. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I want to like, say it was against LG and Nameless, but I could be wrong. It was on, uh, what's that map? Like Stronghold? No. I think it was Infection. Yeah, Infection. With the, with the, with the rock you got to jump to. Yeah. I yeah. know what you're talking about, and I think it was against LG, but I could be just completely lying right now. Yeah. And then, then he stood up after and that's what, Sweatpants Facento or something like that came about. Yeah. <laughs> I, the clip I thought you were thinking of was a different Facento clip that I think is hilarious. It was an AW when they were in like the closed off booths. Um, when his team, his team revenge team made that run to second at champs, he like got a crazy play in SD or something and he stood up and like he couldn't yell at the other team, so he was just yelling at a wall. He was like standing there screaming at a wall and like people always like laugh because like they say if you know him it makes it even funnier. Mm-hmm. Um but like they said he's like literally standing up screaming at a wall. Um just, oh, like, man. talking trash, just screaming at a wall, which is just, the clip is hilarious if you watch it. He like turns one way, like he wants to talk trash to the other team and he's just like i have nobody to talk trash to and he just screams at a wall it's hilarious yeah oh man so many more moments yeah so many that we won't even mention that if you have any throw them down in the comments we'd love to to hear them because i'm sure we missed about a million different moments but also drop your uh drop your thoughts on any other mount rushmores you want to see us do because i'm sure there are infinite ones to do but sometimes it's a little tough to to think of them when you've been thinking of ideas for for weeks on end sometimes the the obvious ones are not right there um but that's going to do it for this one. If you guys enjoyed, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Um, 
drop a follow, drop a five-star review on the audio platforms. We appreciate all your support here in this offseason. We can't wait for Call of Duty to come soon enough. Can't wait for the new game and the new season to be started. So we at least have some things to talk about, all the rosters formed. Um, But yeah, that's going to do this one, and we will see you guys next week with another episode.